Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The award-winning Crunch Time. Talong loops the handball wide to Wood. They're retreating ground. Wood steadies over 45 out and splits the middle. St Kilda have kicked five goals in a row. And he's hit that okay too. He likes it. So St Kilda get a reply and boy oh boy this is shaking up to be a thriller. He fed it off. Siren sounds at Marvel Stadium. After six losses in a row against the Cats, the Saints defeat them by 10 points, 13-12-90. The Cats, 11-14-80. We thought we hadn't played well, but we were sort of within reach. Um, and if we could get a few things right in, the, in our game, um, we could challenge the Cats. But, you know, to think it's still at half-time, it's, you're walking down thinking, gee, we, we could be in a bit of trouble here, but, you know, he's, he's courageous. Um, I think a bit of gears is rubbing rubbing off on him because he just willed himself to get out there and compete and um, just make contests, which was great. It helped us with the rotations. I'm not sure where that AC will be next week, um, but, yeah, we'll just work that out. A seven-goal third term has the Saints on the march as they knock off the Cats at Marvel Stadium to stamp themselves as a top-four contender at six and three. They're just outside the top four, but gaining plenty of momentum. They are one of the big winners so far in round nine. Herbert scrapped it straight out of the ruck, floats it towards the teeth of goal and scores an absolute belter. Toby Nankervis, magic from the big man. Kicks it out to Wines. He does go around the body and he puts it through. Wines kicks his second and the damage gets worse for North Melbourne. Happily can't bring it in. Does pretty well though. Snaps off the left and he made tough work of it for Tom Papley. That's unreal. Lost it, taken by Zorko. An audacious oh, wow. attempt. Oh, he's kicked it from the boundary line. The little magician, he's a marvel, gets his second in the last quarter. That's Boy. a contender for goal of the year, let alone a goal <laughs> of the night. <laughs> Well, the Tigers have won three on the trot and are purring. How far can they go in 2022? The Lions continue on their merry way. The Swans flex their muscles at the SCG and the Power make it four in a row. We'll unpack all of that and more right here on Sunday Crunch Time. Good morning, everyone. Great to have your company on this Sunday, wherever you are listening today. My name is Nat Edwards. Uh, Liam Pickering to join us after midday. But right now, former Adelaide and Geelong forward Josh Jenkins is with me in the SEN studios. Welcome to you, Josh. Good morning, Nat. Good morning to everyone uh, tuning in this fine Sunday. It's a nice day outside. but it's beautiful uh, in Melbourne. You and I are stuck inside, but we'll uh, <laughs> break down... Uh, uh, I was going to say a big weekend of footy, but I don't think it's been one that's set the world on fire. We can be honest. Yeah, I think so. We've been spoiled, I think. We've had some really cracking games over the last couple of weeks. Probably Mm. not hitting the mark uh, in round nine. Not Not yet, yet, but uh, we've got a a few more games this afternoon who might uh, do the job for us. One I'm very much looking forward to, 
Giants and the Blues, but we've seen, uh, I think the round's gone as expected thus far. Yeah, I think so as well. And we should mention too that we we all woke up to um, the sad news this morning in the cricket world once again in mourning following the death of, uh, well, I guess an all-rounder in Andrew Simons, such a, a character of the cricket world. And I don't know how many more blows um, mm. the cricket community in Australia can take um, mm. this year. JJ, it's it's very sad news this morning. He was involved in a, a car accident outside of Townsville, which is where he lives. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, he has passed away at the age of 46. So absolutely tragic news in our thoughts uh, with his family and of course, all of his friends and the cricket community. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Two of uh, the game's live personalities both taken um, you know within a few months of each other so yeah no good and uh, echo those sentiments of um, spent a lot of time up in Townsville and uh, the community would have been very proud of the fact that he lived up there and they'll be very sad up there so thoughts to everyone who uh, who knew Roy yeah, certainly a lot of tributes fl- coming through on Twitter as well. Adam Gilchrist, I think, was the first to tweet, this really hurts, hashtag Roy, hashtag RIP. Uh, Australia, uh, Cricket Australia has also released a statement. Um, Cricket Australia Chair Lachlan Henderson has said Australian cricket has lost another one of its very best. Andrew was a generational talent who was instrumental in Australia's success at World Cups and as part of Queensland's rich cricket history, he was a cult figure to many who was treasured by his fans and friends on behalf of Australian cricket. Our deepest sympathies are with Andrew's family, teammates and friends. And I'm sure those tributes will continue to flow. Um, mm. And an incredibly good commentator as well. Yes. An underrated commentator, yeah. particularly in the T20 format. So, yes, very sad. Sad news to start our day, but we will get on and talk a little bit about what's happened so far in round nine. And geez, the Tigers, they're absolutely purring at the moment. Yesterday, they had 21 premiership players Mm. in their side. Just two in Morris Rioli Jr. and Biggie Nguyen were the only two that hadn't won a flag. Yeah, who have uh, got about five games between them. So, yeah, they're spoiled for experience, aren't they? And when you've got three flags... You know, in recent years, you're always going to have a lot of premiership players uh, around, but the key for them has been getting them all on the park. That's been the Mm. trouble for Richmond. I think everyone has been of the opinion that there's still something there. There's still a flame. Uh, Just getting them all out on the park has been the trouble. Now, they will likely lose Noah Bolter, who suffered a hamstring complaint. So, you know, they get a few back and they lose one, they lose another, and, and, and they just sort of... Can't quite get it all together. But if they do get everyone on the park, I think yesterday was a great example. It was exhibit A as to what they can do when they are all out there together. I mean, do you have a ceiling on where they can go? No, no ceiling. There's no ceiling on, on where anyone can go. But I, 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 you want to say that they're not quite with the very best, but yep. where's the grad final is played? Likely this year at the MCG. <laughs> it hasn't been we hope the so. past couple, but you know, it, it, even if they go into a an elimination final at the MCG, you know, as a as a road or as the away team, um, you're still gonna you're still gonna uh, it's still gonna be a formidable opponent for the opposition. So no matter what happens, they are going to be a tough out because you know they, they're going to go into you know, let's far, far, fast forward to the fact that they make finals. They're going to go into finals, any final, with way more experience than whoever they come up against. Yeah. 
So um, they are dangerous, and they're, they're probably that, that sleeper that no one wants to face. Oh, you wouldn't want to. And Dustin Martin just continues to yeah, sort it's of incredible. grow. I mean, he kicked just the freakiest goal <laughs> yesterday out of nowhere, and only Dustin Martin um, can do that. We will dive into that game a little bit more. Your cat's struggled mm. uh, yesterday. Just that 20-minute patch, really, where the Saints got on yeah, top. They got and hot. they were very, very good, St Kilda. They got hot, the Saints. The, uh, the numbers sort of are all quite even. The Saints shaded the Cats in contested possession. Yep. But everything else was very, very even across the board. It was just that patch, as you mentioned, where Ryder and Marshall got on top in the ruck. Ryder, in particular, got going. They kicked some really dangerous stoppage goals and you don't see the clarity of those uh, or the ease of those goals inside your, your, your forward 50 or your defensive 50 for Geelong too often. Ryder flicked one over the back. Um, they got a couple of those types of goals. Geelong will be really filthy on that, particularly when they, those boys go back and have a look at it on the tape. But it was just that patch. It was a very even game. Geelong probably uh, were the, not more dominant, but they were the side who were probably having more um, potency for the for the longest part. But St Kilda were able to hang tough and and get their momentum. And the game is all about momentum. And St Kilda completely capitalised on their period of momentum and uh, in the end come away with a really good win. Yeah, it was a terrific win by St Kilda. We will talk more about that after midday when Pickers joins us on Sunday crunch time. Last night, a couple of games, we obviously had the Sydney Swans uh, defeating a very lacklustre and disappointing Bombers outfit at the SCG. And then the Lions, of course, knocking off the Crows. That was a really um, interesting game. I was kind of flicking between yes, the, the yep. two matches as you do. When one starts to get closer, you think, oh, yep, I'll flick over to that one. But certainly if you're a Bombers fan, after the last quarter against Hawthorne last week, you thought, okay, they've shown something. Um, it was a it was a galvanizing win. Their backs against the wall, and then they come out at the SCG, and it's just back to square one. They yeah. were so disappointing. Yeah, they were. It was um, yeah, a real shame because we thought that that the fourth quarter last week against Hawthorne could be the catalyst for them to just to put some good footy together and to get some belief. And because no matter what is coming out of uh, the Tullamarine area. They they would have some serious doubts about how they're going and and where they're at and you know what what is happening with their program under Ben Rutten. There would be questions whether anyone's voicing them or not. They'd have them to to have a really strong performance against the Hawks. Eight quarters in the four, eight goals in the fourth mm. quarter last week, and to not be able to carry any of that on at all. Like the first half last night, twenty one scoring shots to eight, completely uh, dominated early in that game. And and really to not offer much at all. I think the the longer the game went, the the worse Essendon's performance got, and that's probably the worst part. There was no real period of of fight back no. or, or grit or determination last night, and that would be that would uh, that would weigh heavily on the entire group as they travel back to Melbourne this morning. The most damning stat for mine was thirty. Tackles. Yeah, it's a low number. As a whole. <laughs> I mean, a the AFL average is 54 mm. a game, 30 on a smaller ground at the SCG. It was just, um, it was so damning, that yeah. stat for mine. Um, defensively, yeah, they've got they've got real issues. And Ben Rutten, the coaches, put it on the senior players saying they need more from them. We will get into that one a little bit more. The Lions, though, honestly, it just 
the more I see them play, and now Eric Hipwood's come back in. They've still got Joe Danaher and Dan McStay, hopefully, to come back in the next two to four weeks. But they are serious Yes, they are. They are. They? I think they're probably the most watchable team yeah. in the game. Uh, Melbourne are watchable from uh, the perspective of, of we know how great they are and we respect their system and we respect the way that they play for each other. But from purely um, from an aesthetics point of view, Brisbane, I reckon, are the most watchable team in the yep. game. They've got a lot of potency. They've got a lot of individuals who can make things happen. And whenever you've got that, you know, if you if you're relying on two or three uh, match winners or, or guys to make things happen in your front half, can be problematic because when they don't fire, um, you don't have much else. But Brisbane have got six, seven, eight guys oh. who can bob up and you know, can have twenty and kick three, yep. or they can have low possession numbers. Like Charlie Cameron, McCarthy. Rainer, they can have low possession numbers but still kick three, four or five goals and be be a match winner on the night. So they've got a, a bevy of riches ahead of the ball. Their midfield looks good. McCluggage is playing as well as any sort of outside slash inside midfielder in the game. So they, um, yeah, they're a very exciting squad. I don't think they come up against um, Adelaide. Have really plateaued in the, their past three weeks. Have been really disappointing after you know, beating Richmond at home, going on the road and beating the Dogs. They've been really, really poor. They, they since. had a good first half. That first half was really yes, great competitive. Footy yep, yep. from Adelaide, and then just dropped off. and And we know with young teams, I mean, we saw it even with with Hawthorne and, and other young teams too. They just can't maintain the rage for four quarters. Yeah, nine goals to two in the second half yep. is um, is more than. I mean, I, I I agree with your point that young teams will will fluctuate, but nine yeah. goals to two um, is is unacceptable, and and they would share that opinion. So. Yep. They need to. They just need to get. They've got a few areas of the ground they haven't quite sorted out. They dropped their ruckman, Riley O'Brien. Matt Crouch has been dropped and hasn't returned. Darcy Fogarty came in with um, no impact. I have no idea where Riley Philthorpe yeah. is. He was apparently going to play. I heard James Riley, one of the assistant coaches, speak about the fact he was close to playing. He had a COVID bout. I don't know where he is. We haven't seen him since round one, which is um, which concern. seems strange, particularly when they got in getting not much. From their forwards aside from Tex Walker. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Tex. They're just too reliant on him, aren't Way they? And, too he, and he had one four. So he just had an off day. Like, he's been in reasonable form. Yeah, but... oh, he had he had opportunity. He just kicked poorly yeah. last night, which we don't see. He missed a couple no. of absolute gimmies. And even he, his face, he was, <laughs> couldn't believe what was happening. So he still generated five shots on goal. Whenever you can do that as a tall forward, you uh, can hold your head up high. But just aside from him, Himmelberg's dropped right off after that yeah, really good showdown. Yeah, he was sort of playing in the ruck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Gallant was, um, was left out of the side after showing a little bit. Now, these are young guys, but Fogarty's the one who just – it's just not happening for him for, for whatever reason. So they've got some work to do inside 50, and they've got some work to do around the ball. So um, expected the result, but still, um, when, you, when you dive a little deeper, Adelaide will be disappointed with, with that outcome. All right, we will dive a little deeper into all of these results from yesterday after the break. But uh, Jared Waitley and Abby Holmes are hosting a community coaches virtual forum. It's called The Game Plan. That's on Wednesday, May 25 at 7.30 p.m. It's where local coaches out there can hear from highly respected AFL coaches and sports professionals. The aim is, of course, to support our local coaches and create a culture of success with their team and explore new ways to protect themselves and their teams from experiencing gambling harm. If you're keen to watch, you can register at aflvic.com.au forward slash love the game. So make sure you check that out. The game plan with Jared Waitley and Abby Holmes. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australia. Rewards wonder. Visit southaustralia.com.
You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Perfect for those who want a little more this winter. Visit southaustralia.com. Great to have your company on this Sunday morning. Welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you. We'll be taking calls all weekend on the Kogan Open Line. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile from $2.90 for 30 days with a big 20 gig of data. Of course, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camels. Call Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops on Sunday Crunch Time. We're going to head to the MCG for yesterday's clash between Hawthorne and Richmond. It was the Tigers 17-15-117 getting the job done over the Hawks 14-10-94. The Tigers back to pretty much full strength and they're absolutely purring. 21 premiership players in their side yesterday, although they do lose Noah Bolter to a hamstring injury, unfortunately. But the Tigers' pressure, it was excellent from the get-go yesterday, a Richmond-type performance that we know. 75 tackles, JJ, which is nearly double their season average, and they were just absolutely humming. They were. I I, I think we're probably seeing – well, they come up against the real Hawthorne. Hawthorne probably (laughs) – not fooled us, but overachieved yeah, early in the did. season. This is the real Hawthorne. This is where they're at. But from Richmond's point of view, they they do look really good. They've got some decisions to make down back. Robbie Tarrant has been out of the side for a few yeah. weeks. Whether they bring him back with Bolter, you'd imagine Bolter will miss a couple or at least one, but probably one to three would be a safe bet there. Hopefully no worse. Um, they've got young Gibkiss mm. who's played some footy. So they've got some some bodies back there, but they look quite good when they use um, Broad or Grimes on a, on a secondary yeah. key forward and then they get a bit more run that way. Rioli's been a really inspired move so down back. So good, isn't it? That's Stink. something they've been really good at all the way through their premiership winning years. The coaching staff have never been afraid to move yeah. their guys around. They've put um, – Baker's gone forward, back, yep. mid. And they've always been able to – or willing to move guys around. So – uh, and I guess you've got to have the individuals with the flexibility to do so. And Bolton plays forward and mid. M- Martin plays forward and mid. Um, yeah, we've seen Short be a, and a, a high attacking rebounding defender. We've seen him play on some of the better small forwards. Bolter well. even's gone full. Yeah, Bolter's <laughs> moved forward. I, and he's the one now. I know he will miss some time, but he's yeah. been settled down back. They look mm, better and he looks do, better. Yeah down back. He doesn't look comfortable ahead of the ball. He's a great athlete and he can jump up and take one or two really exciting marks. And you probably think, oh, do we have something here? But they he looks better as a defender. I mean, he was brilliant in 2020 as their, yeah. as their lead fullback. So I think that's settled once he's uh, back fully healthy. But they look good when their best players play well. And this is a, I mean, this is a, 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 a safe theory in any sport at any level across anywhere in the world, to be honest. When your best players play really, really well, uh, generally the team plays well because it makes life easier on those, you know, fringe or or role players. But Tom Lynch, arguably career best formats, he kicked, um, I think, 17 goals for his past three. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So he's got 31 goals for the season, only kicked 32 in 2020, 35 goals last yes. season. Yeah. So He's flying he at the moment. absolutely flying. And it was an interesting duel between him and James Sisley. So Tom Lynch, uh, going into this as a Hawks fan, I was like, if Tom Lynch only kicks four goals, that's a win for mine. Wow. And yep. that's, and that's what, he, what he did yesterday. I mean, I thought Sisley did a, a decent yep. job, but it probably split the points there. But, yeah, Tom Lynch certainly is in 
all Australian form. Oh he yeah, is just... yeah, yeah. And he's been he's been an all Australian as a Gold Coast son, but he's yeah he's in uh, rare form. He's getting a lot more of the ball. Yeah. At the moment, whether he's he's moving better, or he feels better within himself, or he's just comfortable uh, the way the team's playing. Jack Revolt just bobs up and does his thing. Yep. Um, you know, at at thirty three, thirty four, we can't expect him to be that dominant or dominating um, power need forward. To be, but he doesn't need yeah. to be, and he's a great kick for goal. He he, he jumps in there and, and kicks his three goals too. Yesterday has fourteen touches. Dusty kicks three. That's the thing with Richmond. They 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 can rely on Dustin and. Shea Bolton to kick goals and yeah. to hit the scoreboard. Other teams have queries around their midfield about hitting the scoreboard, but those two guys, you know, they kick five between them, and that's not rare for them. They can they can bob up and kick three, four, five between those two because they both flip forward and mid, and they're both incredibly hard to match up on when they are ahead of the ball. So they look really good, Richmond. Um, there's a lot to be happy about. They dominated inside 50s yesterday. Nankervis was dominant in the ruck. 23-9 out of the centre. So whenever you're winning the footy out of the centre that with that much dominance, um, you're always going to be hard to stop. So whilst the opponent has a little bit of work to do and your Hawks have a lot of work yeah. to do, I'm not sure exactly where they're at. They're probably finding it out for themselves. Richmond look good. But they've got a tough run ahead of them. They've got Essendon next week, which isn't tough. But after that, yep. so let's imagine they get to six and four and beat Essendon next week, which is not a given, but you'd, no, expect, but you'd it. expect it. Then they have Sydney, Port Adelaide, who are back in business, Carlton and Geelong. Yes. They're, all, they're all sort of 50-50-ish games. Yep. And we're going to find out really where Richmond That's are right. at after that sort of next five or six week yep. block, because right now they're seventh on the ladder. Five and four, third straight win. We think that things are finally all the pieces of the puzzle, and that's the thing. It's just that consistency of mm. personnel. Like you get Dion Prestia back, yes, Nick Foster as well, who Very are just important so player. important. Mm. Um, even like a Camden McIntosh and Very Kane Lambert, like player. they're just yep. you know role players that make such a, a yeah. difference to this Richmond side. So if you get them back, gelling together, finding that consistency, then you know well, the guys you named all make Richmond's system work a lot. Yeah better because of the way like McIntosh plays he's sort of a goal square to goal square winger he gets back and helps out he gets forward and becomes an option and helps their system um um Vlosten's one of the better intercepting sort of undersized key defenders in the game and and um Lambert sort of is the guy that does all the grunt work whilst Martin and, and Bolton do their sort of mid forward work Lambert's the one who who runs back and helps out as well so those guys that you named, they're very, very important to Richmond's system, and you're starting to see why they are. On the flip side, though, the Hawks. I mean, serious question marks around their midfield. It just lacks so much oh. depth. They have the worst clearance differential in the competition. It is just dire when you when you look at it. I mean, Jai Newcomb has been a revelation this season. He's uh, had 22 touches yesterday. James Warple is the one, I think, that a lot of Hawks fans scratch their heads at because in 2019, he was the best and fairest winner. He was basically their number one midfielder with Tom Mitchell and that broken leg. Yes. I mean, what has happened to him? I just can't understand where he's at. I think he personally needs a spell in the VFL to regain some kind of confidence. He looks devoid of confidence. He looks lost. Mm. Yesterday, he finished with 12 touches and a goal, but I mean, most of his touches and that goal came very, very late in the game. Yeah, when the game was done. I mean, he's 
Averaging, he's played all nine games, averaging 16 disposals. He doesn't hit the scoreboard no. very often. He doesn't have to. A lot of he's an inside. Well, he's supposed to be um, one of the prime movers around clearance, mm. and the Hawks are minus 75 clearances against the opposition on the season, which is terrible. And only once have they not lost the clearance count, yeah. and that was a draw. So they haven't won Shocking. a clearance count at any stage this season. I don't know. Maybe look. Maybe the the best and fairest that Warple won. Not saying he didn't deserve it, but maybe it 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 lifted his profile to a point which wasn't real. Maybe it was um, us anointing him a little bit early, and maybe yep. this is his level. He's going to be good some weeks and not as good the other uh, other weeks. I think Sam Mitchell and the Hawks. They're just. I think they're just in a period of finding out about what they've got, finding yep. out where their strengths of their side are. Look, they've you know Will Day's a, a good young player. Lewis has bobbed up and, and he looks like he can be a staple of a forward mm, line that will lose so. Gunston and Bruce soonish. Yeah, and I mean, Gunston injured his, his foot or his yes. ankle on the quarter time siren and, and was subbed out of that game. And and you look at that, I mean, we can't afford to lose someone like Jack yes, Gunston. Yes, that's right. I think, I, think, I think there's a partnership or a tandem there with Lewis and Kaczynski. I'm yep. not absolutely convinced on Kaczynski, but I yeah, think... I think uh, I think there's enough there to persist because Itsky's been doing a bit of the relief ruck work. He actually worked really well yeah. yesterday because Max Lynch, uh, you know, looked a bit sore at times. So then Cozzy went into the ruck. Um, he was clunking his marks yesterday too, which was really great to see. But I prefer him as that pinch hitter. Yeah, well, in I think the ruck. it can free him up because he's uh, he has been thus far in his career reliant on low possessions, but scoreboard yeah. impact, that's a tough way to, to to earn a living if you're going to only touch the ball six, seven, eight, nine times. So if he can go into the rack, he was able to have 13 disposals, laid four tackles, had seven hit outs. So he's able to get into the game. But, I mean, there's a lot that they're just going to have to find out about. There's, there's, there's probably a dozen who played yesterday um, who who Hawthorne, I imagine, would be would be thinking, well, we just need to play them from now until the end of the season and probably into next season to find out whether they will be able to help us moving forward. That's probably just where they're at. And you can see why last trade um, period they sort of had Tom Mitchell's name yes, linked you can, yeah. and, and Jager yep. because that's probably where they had some currency and I'm not sure that currency still sits there in particular with Tom Mitchell. I mean, 14 touches last week, clearly been managed and, mm. and he'll come back into the side. I mean, Jager to me – has been excellent in the last couple of weeks. He actually looked quick um, in yeah, the last okay. couple of weeks, which, you know, I think it's been really tough with all of the injuries. So I, I think he's been um, really good so far in, in 2022. But, yeah, there's certainly a lack of depth and, and that's, they just haven't been to the draft and, and had that coming yeah, well, through. Like you've got Josh Ward, but um, Josh Ward is going to take some time because he's a young player in his first year yep. of footy. And that's where they've got to go. They've just got to go to the draft and continue to try and um, acquire as many good young players as they can. They'll, they'll need to, I think, keep an eye on uh, sort of, I don't think they need, they don't, they don't need to go after sort of big time free agents. But I think if you can pick some low hanging fruit, pick some guys who can come in on a, on an average salary mm-hmm. and, and help you along the way. I think that's a really crucial thing for them as well, because otherwise it can be really painful because if you play, you know, and this is the thing, when you're finding out about players, not all of them, you're going to find out what you want about yeah. them. So if you find out that six of them aren't much good, well, you get to that point where at least we know, but now we've got to kind of do it again. So that's why you need to have a few um, really solid citizens who have, 
who are sort of 26, 27 years of age, who aren't superstars but can just help you um, build the system that you want to build. Well, the Box Hill Hawks play today, so there should be a few uh, players there playing in the reserves that uh, should put their hand up for selection, you'd think, um, over the coming week. We Hawks play out the Lions in uh, Launceston on Sunday. They actually beat them down there um, last season, so they'll probably um, – back themselves in Mm. on that game. All right, we are going to chat the Sydney-Essendon clash after this break. Crunch time for South Australia. Rewards wonder. Visit southaustralia.com.au. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Perfect for those who want a little more this winter. Visit southaustralia.com. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you. We've got a big Sunday afternoon of footy coming up. The Suns up against Fremantle. Leon Cameron's final game as coach GWS and Carlton going head-to-head at Giants Stadium. And then probably the one we're least looking forward to watching, especially if you're a West Coast fan, (laughs) it's the Eagles and Melbourne. Not even Benny Lyon, our producer, wants to watch this game. Although he did say to me before the show started that he was a little bit worried that they wouldn't smash... West Coast, the D's. Uh, I don't know what he's um, he's thinking. That game, probably car crash. Reverse psychology, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Definitely not sure we want to watch that game. But uh, I do want to talk about the Sydney Swans and Essendon. It was the Swans 14-21 and 105, defeating Essendon 6-11-47. The Bombers so disappointing. This was their coach, Ben Rutten, after the game. You know, the night... The smaller ground, the opposition, the demanded a contested pressure tackling game, and we weren't up for it, you know. And I think, you know, I think Mills might have had 13 tackles, you know, individually, you know, like he was fantastic, but he was one of a lot of Swans that were that were up for the fight, um, and that's kind of the disappointing thing for ours. I think, you know, I think we've. You know, when I look across our, our squad and our team, you know, it's, it's you know, we didn't quite show the, the resolve and the steeliness to maintain the level that we needed to. Um, there was at times I thought we were too easily kind of derailed off our game, you know, and found it hard to get back. Um, you know, and that's where, in particular, our more senior players, they're the ones that we need to, to pave the way and, and shine a light for our younger guys. Um, they didn't do that tonight. So Ben Rutten, they're very, very disappointed. I mean, he mentioned Callum Mills having 13 tackles. That was off the back of the Bombers having 30 tackles as a team, which at a small ground like the SCG and when the average AFL uh, tackle count is 54 for a game, and they had, let's not forget, 24 tackles in the last quarter against um, Hawthorne. Last week, 30 is just dour. The lowest tackle count at the SCG since 2003. Parish and Merritt, one tackle each. 15 of 23 players laid only one tackle last week. Yeah, and this has been like Mills, Balheny, Lloyd and Robottom had 31 between them. And the team for Essendon had 30. Um, Been there, said this a few times on uh, Sunday Crunch Time, haven't we, that, that, um, that their midfield is just, happy enough to wait for their turn to get yeah. the ball back. They don't want to go and get the ball off the opposition. Like Oliver and Petrarca 
uh, the best midfielders in the game, they'll go and get it off yeah. you. They won't wait for their no, turn to get ferocious. it. They'll go and get it off you. They'll put pressure on. They'll apply pressure. They'll be physical. Where, um, and, it, and and perhaps this is a little bit about their physique and their stature. They're not these types of players. But Merritt's not a big body. Parrish is a is a really lean guy. Cordwell's not a big guy. So uh, some of their midfielders don't have that capability to go and over overwhelm an opponent and get the footy off them. But also, there's a, I guess there's a frame of mind, there's a mindset uh, part to that as well. And at the moment, Essendon's mids and their team in general just look happy to wait for their turn yeah, to get I- the ball, to wait for a turnover or to wait for the opposition to kick a score and then you know we get it back or wait for a stoppage and have another go at it versus saying we're going to be ferocious to get the ball back off them. And that's the thing that we saw last week in that last term against Hawthorne when they the momentum turned and things were working well for them. They just all capitalised on that. But when it, yeah. the going's tough and things aren't going well for them, it's, I mean, Kane Corn said it on the round so far um, that I was watching this morning, but, you know, they threw the towel in. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, they just, they just don't have a lot of, I don't think they have a lot of, you know, like Sydney, um, Sydney would have a, a Luke Parker or a Callum Mills or a Dane Rampey who would who would identify the situation slipping away and yep. would try and not always successfully, but it would would at least try and impose themselves yep. on the game in a physical manner, or would try and inspire their teammates with a big tackle or a rundown or you know running back into a pack or something of that nature. Essendon Essendon kind of just went with it last night. Now Jai Cald- Caldwell's situation where he, his courage was oh, was amazing, but even incredible. that you don't really see anyone get over to him. No. Um, you don't see anyone get to Dylan Shear when Luke Parker's trying to physically impose himself and, and, and emotionally impose himself on him either. So they're really uh, fra- fragmented and fractured at Essendon. A lot of them are sort of really worried about their own backyard. And it's a bad place to live. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Luke Parker, Dylan Shield incident where if you haven't seen it, basically Luke Parker is insinuating that uh, he did a few shoulder shrugs, <laughs> <laughs> you know, insinuating that Dylan Shield and, and the Bombers as a whole were a little bit soft. Mm. Um, we will talk about that in a second, but I want to play some audio from the Sunday footy show of Matthew Lloyd, obviously Essendon champion, talking about that incident. You never, ever want to be walked over in life or disrespected in any way. And I thought Dylan Shear was disrespected in a way you never want to be treated as a footballer. And this was the next contest. I would have ploughed straight through Parker here and got him to the ground and said, you will never, ever treat me like Given that again. I wouldn't have cared what happened. If you, hopefully well, that's taken that whole conversation to a new zone, though. That, yeah. that, if someone else would have had a version of events of that, that yeah. that was undisciplined, and that's the sort of behaviour yeah. you don't want as a player, I would have thought. No, I'm saying... Like, if you were to cannon into... I'm cannon into him. Uh, fair enough. If you don't give away a free kick, even better. All right? But I'm talking, like, just don't... You can't be... Well, do you reckon Joel Selwood will go again? If he was but no one would have done that, that to Joel Selwood. Well, t- that's right. So I'm saying Dylan Shield isn't that type of player to do it, but I would have loved if someone else did it on his behalf... You know that Matthew Lloyd would not hesitate. I just no. still remember being at the MCG when he ploughed through Brad Saul and left mm. him pretty much for dead. Uh, did you like it from Luke Parker? That um, I mean, Luke's got he's he is willing. Like he is what Essendon need more of. He will go, he will go right to the line mm. to to gain an advantage for his side, and, and and that's the ruthlessness that that he displays to also kick a team when they're down. like They can sense Sydney's job is to win that game by any means necessary and by 
whatever the, the the rules allow them to do. And he's just doing that. Essendon probably need more of that. They don't have anyone. Could you really name anyone in Essendon's side who might do that in the reverse? If things no, are going well, really. like last week in, in the fourth quarter, there's no one in Essendon's side who you might think would do that to a Hawthorne player no. when things were going well. So, you know, maybe they just need, maybe they just need um, more guys with that real hard edge to them because I don't think it was fair on Shield. Um, I think Shield's been a very a more than more than good player over the course of his career. He's having you know he's having peaks and troughs at the moment, but who doesn't? Uh, so I don't think it was fair on him. But that's just Luke. Like Luke, it's not Luke Parker's job to worry about the emotions no. of Essendon players. It's Essendon's Essendon players' jobs to stick up for each other and 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 no one remonstrated with Parker yeah. last night. That, that was the disappointing thing. Be, no one flew the flag. I think Ben Rutten would would probably show that and say, "Well, look, any chance of someone getting in his face or at least going over to Dylan Shield who didn't actually shirk that contest. Yeah. He just got tackled yeah. and the ball spilled out. There was nothing in the contest. It was more about Parker trying to um impose his will on them. But any chance of someone going over and saying, you know, we're with you. We're with you, Dylan Shiel. So Ben Rutten's put it on the senior players. I need more from the senior players. It seems like a lot of the time it's the kids. I mean, Ben Hobbs, you know, 17 touches. Zach Reed has shown something in the in the last couple of weeks since he's come in as well. But it's the senior players who seem to be letting down the team in, in Ben Rutten's mind. Mm. What do you want to see and, and who from? When you look at the Bombers' side, who needs to to step up next week? They play Richmond at the MCG. It's dream time Saturday night. It's prime time slot and, and a game that means a lot to both of these clubs. Which Essendon players do you want to see really step up? Well, Toby Nankervis is, is, is in business at the moment. He is imposing his will on the opposition. So Sam Draper, yeah. stand up. Four disposals last night. Sharing the ruck with Nick Bryan. Like, wouldn't it be great for, for Draper, who who comes across as a really big, imposing physical yeah, ruck? Competitive. Go into Ben Rutten's office and say, respectfully, I don't need Nick Bryan this week. I'm I'm gonna take Nankervis one v one for the boys and I'm gonna i I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him. I'm oh, gonna okay. set a tone because the ruckman always gets the yep. first opportunity to set the tone in the game. Um sometimes it's put on rucks unfairly, you know, you you're the first, you know, drive your knee into the opposition. But this is an opportunity for Draper to do that. He's been, um, I think he's 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 getting by more so on reputation than actual impact at the moment. He looks like a big physical guy, and he's got the long hair, and he you know he runs around, and he's a good athlete. But admittedly, he hasn't played a lot of footy. But he's not giving them much. He's giving them basically yeah. nothing at the moment. Like last night, he was he was unsighted, and I think playing the two ruckmen is probably hindering his performance. So um, I don't need Nick Bryan next week. Let me take Nankervis 1v1. He's the first one who I think can, can set the agenda. But then they just need to level off on on Shield and Parrish and those midfielders and say, like, we still want you to get 25 touches. That's fine. But we want you to get the ball off the opposition. Yeah. Go and go and get however they want to – whatever metric they want to use in terms of pressure or tackling or whatever it is. Like, I want you all to walk back in at, at, at quarter time next week and you've all had three tackles. Not, it's not it's not a hard thing for them to achieve, but it just shows a level of 
desire to to impact the game when they don't have the ball. So those are just a few names of Essendon players we want to see bounce back. The bounce back for Duravege providing erosion control and environmental revegetation. Josh Jenkins, Nat Edwards with you. Josh is here for buymystock.xsstock. Visit buymystock.com.au. Just looking at Essendon's defence as a whole as well, I mean – they're averaging 102.4 points against this season, which is the worst in the competition. Don't I don't like their defence at all. Like they're, they're, I'm talking about their backs. Yeah, okay. They they like they're just too much is asked of. Laverde gives away way too much size to everyone he comes up against. Everyone that he comes up against, and I've played that position every time. You would roll, roll into a, a a week of preparation, and you knew well, I'm going to get I'm going you know I'm getting someone a lot smaller than me this week. You just you grow a leg as a yeah. forward, um, Lever, and he's a, he's a he's a really he has a crack. He's a good athlete, but he gives away way, way too, too much, much size yeah. to everyone. Um, Jake Kelly is is another guy who gives up a bit of size, and you know he panics and scrags and holds and gives away free kicks, and you know he's not super with ball in hand. A site like they just don't have yep. they just Ridley. don't have the stocks down there. Ridley's a dangerous intercept marker, yep. but he's not a great one v one defender. So they just don't have uh, they just don't like you know Ben Rutten was in charge of Richmond's backs when um, when they were winning premierships in their early years. Like it's a complete like, personnel matters. Like yep. Richmond had a great system, but they had Alex Rance, they had Dylan Grimes, they had David Asprey who would take the big tall forward. They had Vlosten, they had Broad. Um, well, those names, it's not even close when you yeah. look at Essendon's back six or seven. It's not even close. And when you don't get a lot of assistance from your midfielders, those guys get left out to dry. Like, Laverde's reliant on ball pressure and, you know, pressure up the ground and outnumber. If he's left one-on-one inside 50 against most key forwards, he's just going to get overpowered. And when the succession plan was put in and, and Ben Rutten came in to take over from John Worsfold, he said he wanted to, I guess his DNA in terms of his game plan, he wanted to have a team that was the best defensive team in yeah. the competition. And, I and they're a long way that. from that. I wonder about that because when I look at Essendon and, and, and what they can be, it's last week's fourth quarter. It's yeah, that fast. It's more of an offensive bias. Yep. Everyone wants to have a defensive bias. Everyone wants to have a defensive bias, but... Not all teams' personnel suit that. There's nothing wrong with like, – I think it would take a brave coach, but it might take a, a really courageous and smart coach to say, we are actually better suited to playing a run-and-gun, up-tempo style. We we did that for a couple of years in Adelaide. We were suited to, to high-scoring, freewheeling footy. Now, we didn't win a premiership, but we got very close. So I look at Essen and I, think, I don't think they're suited to the – to the um, shut down, tough defensive style of game, I think they're more suited to playing that high, high tempo speed. Particularly playing a lot of home games at Marvel Stadium, I think they're better suited to playing more of an offensive game style. So maybe, maybe when the Essendon coaching staff put their head on the pillow, they are wrestling with is our system the right fit for the personnel that we've got. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty for Ben Rutten to look at. Speaking of uh, clubs and teams that really struggle with their defence at the moment, North Melbourne's the other one for mine, obviously going down to Port Adelaide yesterday by 60 
nine points. And, and while Ports put its horror 0-5 um, start to the season behind them, I mean, it's more pain inflicted on the Roos. When I look at their defensive stocks, obviously, with Ben Mackay out at the moment, um, Aiden Bonner, I think, has a hamstring. It was left yesterday to Josh Walker, Aiden Cork. Kyron Hayden was basically a makeshift third tall. He's 186 centimetres. No idea what's going on. Now, I know that there are a lot of injury. Like, North have got yeah, three. Yeah, they do. They've only got three uh, listed players playing in their VFL team today, which I think they play at 12 o'clock. So, I mean, David Noble and the coaches will be going to the VFL thinking, well, we ain't, we got nothing to pick from no. here. We've got three guys playing. Yep. So, there's nothing to, uh, they're just relying on some players getting uh, back spots, soon yeah. or, or getting better, improving their form. But complete, completely, completely outclassed yesterday. And Porter, Porter, Porter on their way back. Yeah. But Port aren't Port from last year. No, they're not. not they they are stretch. just getting they are getting blown away in the first quarter each and every week. Yeah. It's completely. It, it, I just can't understand how. Two of the games have been blown away been in Tassie, where they would argue they play a little bit better yeah. even. And and one of them was Good Friday, where it's their own only showcase game of the year. They've just been blown away in first quarters. The game has effectively been over uh, more than half of the games that they've played this year. Five of the nine games they've played this year, they've been three goals or more down. Yeah, it's, it's game crazy. over from there. Yeah, so they've only, if you look at their first quarters, they've only kicked a total of five first-term goals in the last five weeks. And on Woeful. the flip side, they've conceded 27. Isn't this thing like – I, I always remember back to a press conference with Mick Malthouse where someone – I think it was even Jay Clark from the Herald Sun asked him, you know, did they just not come to play? But is is that an actual thing, you know, in terms of the first quarters of mm. players coming and they're just not switched on from, from the first bounce? Well, they're not something because it, it, it's a – Played for a coach who used to say, is it an event or is it a trend? If it's an event, we're not going to worry about it. We will yep. back ourselves in. But if it becomes a trend, Which then you have to change it. five weeks. That's a trend. Like four, minus 45 at quarter time to the Dogs. Minus three goals to Carlton and Geelong. Minus five goals to Frio and Port. Like, it, that's just – the game's over. You don't come back and win those games when you get that far behind early. Like yesterday, minus 84 disposals, minus 18 inside 50s, mm. minus a dozen clearance, minus 33 contested possessions, so completely oh. smacked around the ball. Couldn't okay. get the ball off Port, minus 24 marks, minus 16 marks inside 50. Oh. So Port, who don't have their their, their pr- uh, premier key forward either, yep. were marking the ball inside 50. And minus nine tackles inside 50, so Port were able to put pressure on at ground level. They didn't – this is a, a, a little obscure stat – North didn't have a single running bounce in the game yesterday from any really? player, which to me suggests they are they are unable to create space for each other or to create opportunities and and lengthen the ground and make the ground big when they get the ball back. That's a you know Port only had four or five themselves, but it's very rare you don't see a single player in your team have a running bounce, and that suggests to me that they just have a an inability to create space for each other and an inability offensively to sort of win the ball back in, in open space situations. They are, we've said this for what, three, four, five weeks in a row. Yeah. A, they would be that happy that they played West Coast in round two. Yep. And and B, they are in a world of pain. They are in an absolute, like, you can, I don't think you can overstate no. the pain that they're in. And it's going to get worse because I just looked at the fixture and they play Melbourne 
next <laughs> Saturday at Marvel Stadium. So oh. it just doesn't matter who's on the schedule for them the no. way they're going. To be honest, like it, it wouldn't matter who they played next week outside of West Coast. You, like even if they were to come up against Essendon at Marvel next week, you think well. Essendon get a real good opportunity to feel yeah. good about themselves. That's 100%. how badly they're going. I know. It's it's terrible and I really feel for North fans because I'm not sure it's going to get any better in, in the short term and, and it's probably going to take quite a few years. I mean, you look how many years it took Carlton with their rebuild. I think North fans certainly looking at a, a couple years, more. 12 years, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, a long time. They went through so many rebuilds, but I think North fans in for a lot of pain over the next couple of years. We'll be back on the other side of this crunch time for South Australia. Rewards Wonder, visit southaustralia.com. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Perfect for those who want a little more this winter. Visit southaustralia.com. Hello and welcome to Crunch Time. This is the pregame show for Thirsty Camel. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops, Nat Edwards, Josh Jenkins and Liam Pickering with you. We've got a massive Sunday afternoon of footy coming up. The Suns up against the Fremantle Dockers. The Giants and Carlton in what will be Leon Cameron's 193rd and final game as coach. And then we finish the round with... Probably the least thrilling game on the fixture, (laughs) West Coast up against Melbourne. If you're joining us for the first time today, welcome to you. Pickers, uh, a little bit dusty this morning. Uh, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, yeah, lovely to be here as well. It's this afternoon, by the way. Uh, no, we had a bit of a catch-up with the Geelong boys yesterday, watching the game. The Cats not great. Uh, St Kilda too good in that game yesterday. Mm. Yeah, it, we will get into that uh, a little bit later on because I'm keen to hear your thoughts and JJ's thoughts on what's going wrong at the Cats at the moment. The Saints certainly flying. JJ, welcome to you again. Yes. Uh, what's been your big highlight from round nine so uh, far? Jeez. I put you on the spot well, because we yeah, were talking. It, it was kind of a dull weekend. It hasn't weekend. been a big been. weekend of footy. Oh, it was good to see that. The, I, I liked. Uh, I loved the game of Adam Trelaw on Friday Ooh. night against the old yeah. uh, yes. old side as well. Who are still paying and, for him? Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> the best part. He puts the uh, invoice in every month for from from Collingwood as well. But thirty five and three, and particularly because uh, Andy Maher and I spoke before the game, we we're talking on the run home about the dogs' needs to find other avenues to go, and they started Dunkley at full forward. He kicked three, yep. so that was um, inventive. Um, and and Trelaw was the other one who kicked three. Now, they're probably not going to kick three every week, or they're definitely not going to kick three every week, but I thought Trelaw's game was potent because those guys, the dogs' mids, have been accused of just accumulating footy and not hurting the opposition. Well, they certainly hurt the pies on Friday night. So Adam Trelaw's my man this week. Yeah, what about you, Pickers? What have you it's liked? A bit, it's been a bit of a little bit of a ho-hum round so mm. far. Well, hopefully a couple of good games this yes. afternoon. I think the one we, that we're broadcasting, Fremantle and, and Gold Coast, I think that'll be a really good game. I actually genuinely think, Gold Coast can win this game, but uh, and then of course Carlton and Carlton the Giants is another one that's that's there's a fair bit to play out there because the Blues yeah. can't afford to slip up on this one. Giants are favourites. I can't believe that. Yeah. I can believe it because one Mackay's out, but two also I think they that everyone thinks there'll be a spike on yeah. the back of a you know, I mean you last saw game, Buckley's last game last year. Against, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I understand it, but I, I think well, I think Carlton are a very good team. Very, very good team. 
think Carlton have got a lot on the GWS midfield. I think the GWS midfield's been underachieving for the most part. They've had a couple of good performances, but... So inconsistent. Oh, I'm still confident Carlton will win that game. Yeah, I, Harry Mackay's the one for me. If there was a week that you don't want, like, you know, just with him out at the moment, with mm. him and Charlie had been going so well. Yeah, they have, just, yeah. It's a, good test for, it's a big test for Carlton, in yeah, my view. Massive. I mean, I think, in a general sense, they should win. I, I just don't think they will for some mm. reason. I've got a feeling that the Giants might get older today. All right. Well, uh, Matthew Boyd is set to join us uh, soon on the show, Fremantle Assistant Coach, as we look ahead to that Gold Coast Fremantle game. But let's head into the Geelong St Kilda game from yesterday and do a little bit of a deep dive on this one. The Saints 13 12 90 getting on top of the Cats 11 14. 80 and the Saints really stamping their top four credentials here, beating the Cats in a thrill. And it was just, and listening to Chris Scott um, in his post-match press conference, really that 20-minute patch in the third term where they just lost control of the game because up until then they'd been playing really good footy, the Cats. Yeah, I thought they should have been three or four, even more, probably five or six goals in front going into that period of time. But watching the game, they just – made enough mistakes to keep St Kilda in the game. And then this is a bit of an issue for the Cats. This is the third time I can think of in a, for the year where they've allowed multiple goals quickly kicked against them, mm. which is very unusual for Geelong. And the third quarter was all Saints, and they deserve their win. Mm. They they conceded some 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 un-Geelong-like goals too, like defensive 50 stoppages. One one thing, when you've got a mature team, you should expect to be really organised. Like you know, defensive 50, uh, great ruck work from Ryder, but you know Tommy Atkins and, and a couple of defenders just off, and 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 the Saints are able to get a couple of those goals there where you'd expect it to be a repeat stoppage or you know a, a, a hurried kick by the Saints are able to kick really nice goals. Now credit to St Kilda, credit to Ryder for some of his ruck work, mm. but they were goals that you know Marshall grubs it out of the ruck against Mark Blitzhubs. Effectively, yeah. that's a one-on-one marking mm. contest. Blitzhubs yeah, never loses yeah. those situations, so you know to give up a, a couple of those goals were were surprising. And in the end, really, really costly because it was just that 20-minute period that, that, that in the end decided the game of footy. And I think the Cats had about four posters too. They just couldn't put uh, the St Kilda away in that second term either. My question for both of you really is, you know, should the Cats be further along than they are? Because they're five and four right now and we thought they were contenders. Are they pickers? Uh, well, I, I was bullish, but uh, I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith, I must say, that uh, I think they've got the team uh, to be a really good competitive team this year in the finals. But, geez, on what I've seen in a couple of times they've been challenged. I mean, that Fremantle loss was a bad one. Uh, and then this loss, obviously, was another bad one. I mean, St Kilda aren't a bad team. No. But and at no, Marvel, they're, too. They're, they're no top four team. sides, St Kilda. I mean, with all due respect to the Saints. You, know, you don't I think mean, they're top four? No, I don't. I don't. I Why actually, not? I, I genuinely, because I don't think they've got enough tools to be a, a real genuine premiership contender. But, you know, to their credit, they were too strong for the Cats yesterday. Do you think they're a genuine contender, the Saints? Uh, no. No, I think it's it's Melbourne, it's Brisbane, yep. and then it's maybe, maybe Frio and, and a bunch, yeah. <clears throat> I think they're probably in that sort of third or fourth queue of of, um, of groups. I think they're in a, in a bunch of teams that, that, that Carlton and probably Geelong and Richmond are, are also in. Maybe, if, you know, if you if you next week's a big game, Port and Geelong. But mm. even if Port win that, you've got to probably throw Port back in the mix. So there's a group of teams who who it's are there even. or thereabouts. And you know, I think the five and four record suggests that. that like, yeah. That's that's the thing that you, you can't look past. They're five and four. So. They wouldn't be five and four if it was Geelong as we've known them for the last couple of years. They'd be 
They'd be seven and two. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, the reality. The, they would have won a couple of those. They would have won yesterday and they would have won the Fremantle Yeah, game. and the Hawthorne game, you know, Hawthorne kicked three goals before Geelong had touched the footy. So there's another one that they sort of let slip in a small period that you're talking about, Pickers. So, um, yeah, a few, few concerns, no doubt. I think around the footy, St Kilda looked a little sharper. Brad Crouch, who's not necessarily a, a real dasher, but he and Gresham and Sinclair mm. and... Um, you know, they just looked a little bit sharper than, than the Cats midfielders at different stages. You know, Parfit, Narkel. You know, we know Selwood's uh, – he played a good game, but he's not a dash-up by any stretch of the imagination anymore. Danger was a little one pace yesterday. So, um, yeah, probably then to just get the mix right around the footy pickers to, to include or to ensure that there's enough run and dash and creativity as well. Are they, are they working hard enough? That's the big question I would – I would ask. That's the question from the outside. To me, it looks like they're in second gear. Mm. It, it doesn't look like they're working anywhere near as hard as the opposition when they're challenged. I mean, the other the opposition seems to be when there's been these tight games, they seem to be out being outworked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my view, from you mean like around the footy around or the from footy, contest to contest? All those that. Sort, yeah, I don't think the, the run in between contests is anywhere near as strong as the opposition. In a couple of the losses that I've seen, yep. I think they've been completely they completely outworked by Hawthorne in that game on Easter Monday. Yeah. Mm. Completely out- outworked in the last quarter when the game was on the line. Fremantle outworked them, no doubt about that, for two and a half quarters. Yeah. And then yesterday I thought they were outworked yeah, when yep, the game yep. was on the line. I think it shows like a Sam Manigola's missed because that's a Where's strength of his. He's just he's he's just he's he's had he had a he got back played VFL then got a concussion. He's had a knee injury that's just really mm. lingered. Like he's um he's not doing uh, full training yet, so he's not close to playing, but um. Uh, he, he's he's moving around, but yeah, he hasn't done full training as yet. So he's he's just one that they've that they missed. He plays the that wing role, which is important, but he's got a bit of a hard edge to him, and he's a really good gut runner. He's one of those guys that gets from contest to contest. So he's been missed this year, but they just um, you know we need to find out whether Nevitt or or Stevens or some of these guys, these younger guys, can come in and and fill that role and and give them the opportunity to to. To you know, to become an AFL winger or an AFL midfielder. Well, never, never obviously played yesterday, but Stevens didn't get on the ground. No, he didn't get on, which, which was, was disappointing. Which and was surprising for him to get squeezed out. It was disappointing for him and 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 for probably for Cats fans who well, have been asking to, now for Now he'll him. have to go back to the VFL next week. Yeah, think. probably because I don't think there are any injuries out of the game from Geelong's no, point of view. No, I mean Reece just Reese kept that coming ankle off. Um, issue. Um, but apart from that, I think everyone else got through. Is Patrick Dangerfield carrying something? Because uh, to me, he hasn't looked like his best footy is is with him at the moment. Like 21 touches. Yesterday is not impacting the scoreboard. He's is... fumbling at the moment, Nat. Mm. Like, it's, it's just Danger's nowhere near as clean as he was. Like, this year he's been – that's sort of round one. He's been, in my view, fumbling all year when he has played. I, I don't think he's been anywhere near – I don't know how much training he's doing, but – he looks like a guy that's out of touch. Mm. Yeah, he's not. He's no doubt. He's not playing. His is he first getting on 40. the track? Um, is, he tra- is he a track horse? He's not a. Well, it, he, at his best, he's a consistent trainer, and this is, I think, a bit of a an evolution. As you, I think, um, as you get older, there's a really strong argument. I think the natural thing is you need to train less and look after yourself. Mm. When you get older, you need to train more. You need to sort of keep the body because a game shocks the system. Otherwise, I think if you don't train much. You go out and play; it's a huge shock to your, your body and your system, and then you don't, you can't train, and that's when your touch and all those sorts of things goes, isn't it? Because you don't touch the footy, and then all of a sudden there's someone hanging off here, and you've got to grab the footy quickly. That's what can can and, can and, go and, the quickest, and that looks to me like how he is. Mm. I mean, there's always excuses. Oh, no, he's missed a week; he's only just come back into the side. He's a champion of the of the game. He's, yeah. he's yeah. a champion of the football club, and yeah. I think it's reasonable to ask the questions 
is he working hard enough? Because mm. he looks horribly out of touch to me. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, yesterday... He's never, I've never seen him fumble like he's fumbled this year. Yeah, he's yeah no, I'd agree player. with that. I'd agree with that. And I think he's identified that. I've seen him... Um, you know, make a make a shift in in doing a little bit more of those sorts of things. You know, touch. Touching the footies a little bit more because he's probably been blessed with just that natural ability to go down, pick up the ball, one yeah. touch, and and off you go. He's just you know, not yeah. to say he doesn't work hard on it, but he's just one of those guys. That's one of his absolute strengths. So um, I've seen a shift in his um, determination to do those sorts of things. And okay. as you get older, you have to. Like, Things just drop that little bit, and you you, you got to respect the fact that that's what happens. And not only do you drop five percent, the the young guys get bigger and stronger and faster, and, and they pick up five percent. Yeah, that's, that's right. Where the, that's where the change comes. Yeah. So um, I remember Luke Hodge always saying, for every year that you go over the age of thirty, you have to drop another kilo. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a fair yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be something he needs to think about if he wants to, particularly if he wants to play big minutes around the footy because it's still it's a contested game but it's a running game as well and yeah. we saw that yesterday at Marvel that um, you got to be able to cover the ground as well the good teams like you look at Melbourne's like Oliver and, and Petrarca those guys can cover the ground they're yep. big and strong but they can cover the ground so um, I, I wouldn't be uh, I would be you'd be a brave person to write him off yeah, because absolutely. he's an absolute star and he's still got that that string of being able to, to go forward, which he probably hasn't had to do this year with Cameron and Hawkins being there, but he's probably got that up his sleeve as well, which he hasn't gone to yet. I mean, you mentioned Paddy Ryder earlier, and we should talk more about the Saints because I thought they were absolutely terrific yesterday. I mean, Ryder was immense. 22 hitouts, the three goals off 10 disposals, the partnership of him and Rowan Marshall as well. I mean, to me, it's probably Max Gorn and Luke Jackson, and then probably Ryder and, and Marshall is second. I mean, I can't think of who else, which yeah. other combo. I, I just think they're no, think so they're, terrific think, together. Yeah, it's a great combination. They're such a different team when Paddy Ryder's playing. That's yeah. the reality. And, yeah. and Rowan Marshall's you know, a good ruckman forward. He's really a forward ruckman in my view, but oh, they were critical yesterday. Like, you know, Paddy Ryder was critical mm. in that win. He got him going. Yep. And he's a bit of a barometer of the Saints too. I reckon when he's anywhere near his best – you see a massive lift in those mm. midfield group. And I think they've got a few midfield, sort of run-of-the-mill midfielders, if you like. They're good possession, you yep. know, stat, yep. p- stat pigs, as yep. you call them. You guys get a lot of the ball, but Sinclair, do they yep. really damage? Oh, I think Sinclair's a really good player. Yeah. And Jade Gresham, like, to and me, Gresham's I mean, he was instrumental too in that second half turnaround. Like, I think it was 30 touches and nine yeah. bonuses, but he is just so classy. Yeah, I love is, him. Yeah. He's the class of yeah. that whole midfield. And Billings coming back was really important yeah. yesterday yep, as well. Right. I, I think, look, Take your hat off to the Saints. That was a fantastic win. It's against a team they never normally beat. They haven't beaten the Cats for six or seven six years. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think it's I think or something. Brad Crouch is one who can be accused of being that stat pick, but he yeah, was actually right. impactful yesterday. He was efficient with. He had thirty six, but he actually went at seventy five percent. Ten score involvements, yeah. which typically when you know Crouchy can get his 30, 35, he won't have a lot of score involvements. Um, he laid tackles, seven tackles, and that's that is you know, talk about the Essendon mid who don't go and tackle and get yeah. the footy off him. Gee, that was bad. Brad can that do that. <laughs> we don't um, talk about Essendon. <laughs> and the other thing for, for for Brad has been the query of does he transition well enough? He had five inside fifty, so he's driving the ball inside yeah. fifty. But he had five rebound fifty, so he's getting back to help as well. So he had a game which was really impactful in more than just accumulating the footy. Do, do you know what? Do you know when you know Brad Crouch had a good game when you notice him? Yeah, yeah. Because he's and that's a fair. Yeah, that right. is fair. Yeah, you yeah. know there are games where he has. Well, Crouch did it thirty-five yeah. times. Oh, really? I didn't even see him. Yeah, but you can notice him yesterday. Yeah. Like that's how you know he's having an impact when you're sitting at home and you're watching it on television and you're going, "Well, this guy's everywhere." 
Because a lot of those guys you can't notice. Yeah, and that's the thing about... Fair, like, a couple of the cats, like Cam Guthrie's will bob up and all oh, of a sudden yeah. have 32 touches. You yeah. Know, what the hell was that? Mm. And he's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but no. I thought he was really noticeable yesterday, Brad Crouch. Mm. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good point because he does he does have those guys. He's got because he's got the physical attributes to have a bit of burst and and to kick the footy long. But um, you're spot on. Yesterday he was very very noticeable in the way he he wanted to get the footy off the opponent, off the opposition, and also get back and help and 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 create some forward thrust. So he was. Uh, he was one of the better players on the ground yesterday. A really good matchup between Max King and Sam DeConning, who I think has been a real shining light for the Cats. Um, King had two goals and six marks. The, the part of his game that I really enjoyed was he was just crashing packs and he didn't really allow Geelong's defenders to take all those intercept marks, which they're so dangerous for. He's a mm. terrific young player. Max oh, King, yeah. There's no doubt. And I think, I think our boy, DeConning, is going to be a really yeah. good player Absolutely. too. That'll be a nice battle because they're very similar types. Those 200 centimetre real, yeah. real sort of athletic sort of players. Yeah. And I think we're going to have a bit of fun watching the two of them. But oh, Max King's going to be a match winner. He, he is going to win more games yeah. for, for St Kilda than Nick Rewald did, mm. as an example. Yeah. In my view, I think when he gets going, Nick Rewald is a champion. Yeah. But I, I think he's got the ability, Max King long term, to win them a hell of a lot of games. Agreed. Yeah. He's got a skill, Max King, that no one else in the game, except maybe Sam DeConning, can 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 contend with. And that's how high up in the air he can jump and, and mark the footy. Like, he, he stands probably 6'7". I think he's about 202. But he's got a huge leap. He's got long arms. He's jumping up 12 feet in the air and grabbing the ball. Uh, DeConning's probably the only defender in the game who can reach. A 6'6", six, a six, sixer can't keep up with him if he's putting his arms straight up. That's right. 6'6", yeah. six six, you're giving away like two arms. inches. He's, Inspector he's, Gadget arms. Yeah. yeah, and that's how he was able to impact. You know, mm. Stewart and DeConning himself couldn't take the intercept mask because King's big enough to to be able to get in, get in, get involved. And DeConning did a good job. Both yeah. goals that... That King kick one was from a Mitch Nevitt drop mark, and yeah. DeConning was setting up to attack, and the other one was um, he was opposed to College Jasney, I think, in the goal square. So DeConning did a really good job, and I think Chris Scott said it was Jakovic Carey. Yes, after well, it's, the got game. Bit, it's got a little bit. It's got a little bit. Mind you, I did say that he could have the potential to, to win more games for St Kilda than Nick Rewald, yeah. which is a, a pretty rich hey, thing to say as well. We're all about the. I early just call. think going 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 forward, I just yeah. can see him just stamping his imprimatur on yeah. games for years to come. Yep. For yeah. years to well, come. He's a third year player. No, no. Fourth. Fourth year? Yep. I think it's fourth, yeah. He's but essentially third because he missed an, his first he's coming, year. He's, he's yeah. coming yeah. off the draft. Yeah. Came so, off the ACL as well. He missed the whole year before he played. Yeah. So, um, he, and he's already clearly a standout number one. Uh, he's he's a, we have a, There's a guy who rings every Friday and has a crack eating on. Uh, I just has a crack eating. Has a crack. Just uh, I, f- I don't know. I don't know whether <laughs> Max cut him off in the supermarket <laughs> or come on. every Friday. He took his car park. He, oh, he's, uh, mate, he's he's if you're picking a young forward to start a team with, he's your number one go to. Well, is he? Him or, him or Harry Mackay? They're the two. But Terry's have got a few years on him. Yeah, but no, nah, Max King. I agree. I think star. he's going to be a star. yeah absolute star. A couple of concerns though for the Saints on the injury front. Jack Steele injured his shoulder in the second mm. term. He returned, and, and I think he spent a bit more time forward, but he's going to need scans on an AC joint injury. And then Jack Higgins, a concussion, which is the second for the season, and given his history um, with, you know, the brain surgeries mm. and everything, that's a bit of a concern, I reckon, for the what, Saints. What did you make of – have you seen that – that uh, it was College Asney who just sort of laid a little – like a shepherd – 
Oh, yeah. there's nothing in that. No, so <laughs> apparently that wasn't the incident. Oh, okay. 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 So, Couldn't have been. No, so he had delayed concussion. So there was actually an incident in the first term that um, he right. had a bit of a okay. head knock. And then that he had delayed concussion um, and that probably didn't help the college as I was incident. worried that, that – that, because of the con- – I thought if that was the incident, yeah, they're probably going to ping him for they that. could be. He could not it possibly have been pinged for that. Well, that was the incident that was shown uh, mm. online somewhere, and I thought, oh, no, they're going to try and ping him for that. No, not because of Jake yeah, College, hasn't he no, plays no, for no, Geelong, no. but the actually, if you can't just handball and shepherd, which well, he didn't even shepherd, he just sort of blocked. taught for 100 <laughs> years, then we're in trouble. But I'm glad that no, wasn't that wasn't the incident. Thankfully. No, Brett Ratton confirmed after the game that it was more in the first term, so he just had that delayed concussion, which can happen. But if they do – lose Jack Steele pickers for a period of time. AC joints, we know that it can be bad. I mean... It can be a couple of weeks, you think, with an AC. I think you, the much. Zach Jones coming back yes. last week first up, very good. Very good, yes. Uh, yesterday. He? He's good for them because he's he's one of those... He's not a stat pig. He's a runner. He's a he's a driver of the footy. He's so if he, yeah, he's got And he's got some spunk and you know, he got stuck mm. into the D's boys <laughs> last week and they made him pay for it. So um, he's one who can probably fill a bit of a void if Steele misses any time. They've got, right. they got the Crows next week in Adelaide. Yeah. It's, it's a slippery game for yeah, them. Yeah, it's they never a great game, that it's one. It's never one for the Saints to go, all right, you've had a great win. At Adelaide over You're yeah. going well, but don't, don't slip up next week, boys. Yeah. Yep. And, and they've gone the, over and beaten Fremantle, let's not forget, this year. Well, true, true. And the Cats against Port at GMHBA Stadium on Saturday, which is going to be a good game. Jed Buse also set to return. Time now, though, to catch up with Josh Jeans from Dabble. Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. How are you, Josh? G'day, Piggies. How are we? Yeah, going well. I mean, West Coast are looking for a big game this afternoon, no doubt. <laughs> right. You're always spreading positivity. I love it, you know. I've got to come to you a bit more often for a pump-up chat, you know. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. No, it's going to be a good one. Now, how did those uh, Saturday nuff-nuffs go yesterday? Yeah, well, look, they uh, they picked the uh, Geelong leg right, which was uh, which was good to see the Saints get up and win that one easily. Uh, but uh, you're looking forward to today. I'm liking the, the Dockers there, the Blues, and you've gone the D's forty plus. All right, so let's go, um, let's go through it. So head to head Dockers to beat the Suns. Yeah, right? yeah. And we've got Carlton head to head to beat the Giants, and Melbourne, and then D's. Well, that's well Melbourne forty, 40 plus. plus. We probably could have gone eighty plus to be fair. All right, I like it. I like it. I thought you know you, you got to know your limitations sometimes. I mean, I don't know what to say in this scenario, pickers. You know, I've got I've got nothing to fight for. Um, so we'll, we'll be all right. But there's plenty of positive things happening on Devil. Uh, Tommy Sheridan the other day. We've got uh, this beat Bogut promotion going on, yep. where we're picking same game multis for the NBA playoffs, which has been fantastic. He had a twenty nine dollar same game multi uh, plus a, a ninety dollar multi the other week. So he's in fine form, which you can follow him as well. As your mob, you just have to download the app, Piggers. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very nice app. It is good on you, Josh. We'll have a chat next week. Good, go, good luck to the uh, West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Go on, have a devil, devil socially, gamble responsibly. Josh Jeans there, who uh, is a mad West Coast fan, and oh. he's been he's been hurting. He's been doing it tough. So my dad is also a mad West Coast fan, Why? and every every week Why? I text him, and I'm like, "Are you still watching?" He's like, "No, I reckon they can turn yeah. it around." I'm like, "Dad, the positive support. There's the, nothing better. The miracle is not going to happen. I just." <laughs> He's, I, I rang him before. I was like, you're going to watch this afternoon's game? I think it's 5.20 Yeah, start. it's after us. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, of course. Why would you watch that? Oh, they should be a bit more competitive today. I mean, but Melbourne, Melbourne have gone across there with big fat heads and I'm just doing the same. Like, there's Benny Lyons <laughs> out the back there. and He's a real demon lover. 
No, no, the Melbourne will be way too strong. He doesn't reckon, Benny Lyon doesn't reckon they're going to put them to the sword. Uh, I think they will. Optus Stadium, they the fans go. Uh, I think they'll win. I think they'll win by plenty. Quick one out of the blue for you. Whose list would you rather, West Coast or North Melbourne's? Um, It's a flip of the coin. I mean, West Coast are a powerful big club and they can attract powerful big players. And they've still got the talent. There, even though some of it's I, I, I think it's where, where, where they've got an ex, a head start, North have got a head start on them, is North have started drafting kids. Yeah. They've got a young team. Yeah. West Coast have been around the mark, so they've been the Tim Kelly one and they've lost a few draft picks. I know their guys are really good. They're, they're talent identification guys, but at the moment, picks. North Melbourne, I think North Melbourne have got a, a better young list right now because they haven't had the picks West Coast but West Coast will turn around because they're a powerful great club. Yeah well I'm sure all Eagles fans and Josh Jean certainly will be hoping for that. But you don't keep great clubs down like West Coast. They yeah. will they will they've been down before and come back and won, won a flag. They were down when Wisher was there at the end. They looked like they were going nowhere and they won a flag under Adam Simpson. So there's no reason why they won't turn it around pretty quickly. North Melbourne, on the other hand, though. No, I think, they, no, I think North have got some decent kids. I, yep. I do. I'm not sure what the hell's going on with the way they're playing. I mean, they've had injuries and illness yeah, and their back line that. is just absolutely decimated. Yeah, Nat, everyone's saying nah, that. No I excuses? No. Nah, you've got to put in a better effort than they've been dashing up. They're dishing up ordinary stuff at the moment, like really un- uncompetitive stuff. Yeah. And that comes back to the questions that need to be asked of coaching, of everything, because the players, they're not getting anything out of their players. But they've got enough talent on that list to to be able to build and build pretty quickly north. But they've got to do something different than they're doing at the moment. They're going terribly. Do you think even David Noble needs a hand in terms of uh, just talking to Damien Barrett um, during the week? And he he mentioned this on afl.com.au that potentially Leon Cameron, who's leaving the Giants, obviously could come across to a club like North Melbourne and, and perhaps be that mentor that a David Noble might need. Do you if you need think- a mentor and you're an AFL coach, things are no really good. going bad. Yeah. If, you, if you're an AFL coach and you need a mentor, you got the wrong bloke. That's the reality mm. because he's a coach for a reason. But would I think someone like Leon Cameron be handy for him, would be good for him? Yeah, yep. I do. I think he'd be really good because he's been in the hot seat. But you can't tell me that you've got someone in the job and then you need to get a mentor for the someone that's in the job. To me, that makes Director no sense. Director of coaching. <laughs> yeah, but it makes no sense. You're not the wrong guy then if that's the case. Back your guy in, put some people around him, no problems. Yep. But if you start talking mentors for current AFL coaches, we are on the wrong track. It's going to be tough for David Noble. I do feel for him and the Ruse fans out there. They're playing Melbourne next week, so probably more pain inflicted on them. We're going to be back after this because uh, Fremantle assistant coach Matthew Boyd is set to join us as we count down to the Gold Coast Fremantle Clash. Stay with us here on Sunday Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Perfect for those who want a little more this winter. Visit southaustralia.com. You're listening to Sunday Crunch Time. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins with you, our experts today here for Buy My Stock. Got excess stock? Visit buymystock.com.au. Of course, our talkback is for Kogan Mobile. Make the call and switch to Kogan. We're counting down to the Gold Coast Fremantle game. I'm really looking forward to this one. Metricon Stadium, 1.40pm, first bounce, Australian Eastern Standard Time. 
The Suns obviously coming off a big win against the Sydney Swans last week and the Fremantle Dockers are flying at the moment. They are 7-1 and one. and Frio assistant coach Matthew Boyd has been good enough to join us on Sunday Crunch Time. Welcome to you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. Just talk us through, I guess, the the vibe at the moment at, at Fremantle 7-1 and, and, and travelling really well. It must be just confidence growing with each week. Yeah, oh, look, we're uh, we're enjoying our footy. That's that's for sure. The the, uh, the players are really buying into what we're trying to do, and um, you know it's been obviously a really good start for us, seven and one. But we've um, we've just been really consistent, which is something we've we've been working on uh, over the course of the preseason and and uh, the back end of last year, where we were really inconsistent. So um, when you're playing consistent, good footy, it's always a a nice environment to be around. I mean, you listen to the coach and he talks about how the theme's sort of been about reliable and playing that reliable, consistent footy, as you mentioned. What what do you think has been one of the biggest changes in, in the team this year so far? Uh, look, I think um, we, we really made a, a real emphasis on making sure we just anchor after each win or loss. Um, you know, there's a point in the week where you, you've done enough reviewing and um, and you're really trying to move forward and, and project, not project, but move forward onto the onto the next challenge uh, and try to put that, that week behind you. So whether you you know you win and you um you you see the good the good stuff in your game that you you're able to produce, or you lose and you you take the learnings out of that, uh, and then just just trying to to move on as as quick as we can, as best as we can, so we can prepare the players. So that's that's probably the the thing in season that we've been able to implement really strongly so far, but I guess um, you, know, you get reliability and you get consistency by, by doing the work and we had a really good pre-season. Phil Merriman and the, and the conditioning guys did a really good job to prepare our players and uh, we were able to get really strong amounts of footy work into the players from a, from a really early stage. So uh, it sort of um, set us up reasonably well for the first part of the year. Boydie, the uh, for a young group, you've had to deal with a couple of things. I mean, you've had some disruptions with COVID and you've had coaches not available and you've had players not available, but they seem to just take it all in their stride. Yeah, there's there's been lots of disruption because in um, I mean it's it's happening all across the all across the the, uh, the league. So we're not alone in in dealing with with that. It's probably just I guess with the border opening uh, coming a bit later for, for WA and you know the the influx of COVID um, in in Western Australia later in the in the year than uh, than the Eastern Seaboard. It's just been something that we've had to deal with and we prepared we prepared for that. Um, we understood that it was coming. And the players have been really professional, um, mm. making a lot of sacrifices with their lifestyle. And I, I guess it's not sacrifice, it's just investing in their footy and, and really buying into that and um, trying to mitigate the risk as best as possible. But now we had, I, I think it was six obviously out last week and um, five changes this week again with those guys coming back in. So there's yeah, a fair bit of disruption, but we're really just trying to um, play a systematic game and, and style where... If we lose one or two, then, then one or two can come in in that role and the players have been really professional in that. Matty, uh, Josh Jenkins, good luck this afternoon. Will Brody, tell us about, mm. about him. Comes up against the old side. They discarded him. They didn't think he was right for them and he's been an absolute uh, standout for you guys. Will he be wound up to play against the old <laughs> side or will he just take it in his stride? <laughs> he's a pretty chilled out dude, actually, Will. So, you know, the time living in the Gold Coast probably chilled him out a bit, but... Um, Look, he's a he's a super competitive guy, really quietly spoken, but 
we've loved um, we've loved just I, I suppose his grunt work around the around the footy. He plays with great momentum at stoppage. Um, he's got a bit of zip in his legs when he when he decides to use it, and um, and he's you know he's been a really powerful player for us in the first part of the year. So he's um, he's really excited to play. Obviously, there'll be a few nerves, no doubt, when you when you run out against your old team and you've got a lot of mates running around in the opposition colours. It's you know it's obviously going to be a bit nerve wracking for him, but he's a pretty chilled out dude, and um, yeah, he's he's looking forward to it. Two big boys going at it. Two underrated rucks, I reckon. Jared Witts and Sean Darcy, probably not within your own uh, squads, but two big boys going at it will be a really good 1v1 contest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we really rate uh, Witsy and what he's been able to do and giving um, giving the Gold Coast mids you know, first access and a really good stoppage team So uh, and, and a good contest team. So, um, you know, Sean, Sean Darcy's had a, a, few, a few interruptions this year, been... Uh, in and out with injuries and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, he he played pretty well last week and hopefully he can start to build build that form that he, uh, he showed um, all year last year. So we we really rate, as I said, re- really rate um, Big Witter and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a very good battle. You're sitting seven one. You, you've had a couple of great wins on the road this year, buddy. You've had the great win at Geelong, of course. This is a whole new challenge, though. The Gold Coast last week, you would have mm-hmm. scouted their game. You would have looked at the vision. They made it a contest, and they beat Sydney at their own contest game. So, to go to the other side of the country, this is clearly a danger game. There's no doubt about that. When they put it together, they're a very, very hard team to beat. So, planning, I assume, goes into this game as as probably as as much as anything you've done this year, really. You don't want to drop this game. No, absolutely. We we think they're a really dangerous team, and uh, we really rate their contest and their ability to play with momentum and, and surge the ball forward and and give their forwards who, who are doing a bit of damage. You know, you look at Charles and, um, and Casbold, I think they've kicked 35, maybe 35 goals between them for the year. So a really, really good duo for them. They bring the ball to ground um, and allow their smalls who are really dangerous, like Ainsworth and Holman and Rankin and, and these sort of players are, are pretty dangerous ground level for them. So, yeah, we, we really understand what their strengths are, um, what they bring to the table. Um, and we've yeah we've obviously done as, as much planning as we we would usually do for any any team mm-hmm. given the the form they were in last week against Sydney we proved last night they're you know still up for the fight so um, it's going to be a really really tough game but we love the fact that it's going to be a contested game yeah and it's something that we've grown in um, I, I guess over the last twelve months uh, we, we're becoming a bit stronger in the contest which has been great um, and uh, and our boys are up for the fight today. Now, we know you've got to get to a meeting, so we'll, we'll let you go. I just want to ask you, because I can't have you on here and not ask you about Nat Five. How far away is he? Are we getting closer? Well, we're certainly getting closer, and there's vision of him on the track during the week, yes. and he's in, he's in really good physical condition. Um, obviously, he's a big boy, and he's, uh, he's put a lot of time and effort into, into his gym work to get his, his body up to scratch. He'll, he'll obviously need a couple of weeks of full training, um, and then we'll see what happens you know, from there and, and uh, how he's going. But I can't imagine he's he's too far away. I've been saying that for a little little while now. But, um, yeah, he's, I, I know a lot of people will be excited to see Fifey back in the mix for us. And, um, you know, he's he's really keen to just play the role that uh, the team needs him to play. And uh, when that is, I can't give you a definitive answer on it, but I know it's not too far away. Now, well, what a luxury to have him back in the side. Matthew Boyd, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Best of luck against the Suns this afternoon. Good evening, guys. Have a good call.
Matthew Boyd there, Fremantle assistant coach with the Dockers. I'm looking forward to this game against the Suns. It's going to be a cracker. More on the other side of this break. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Perfect for those who want a little more this winter. Visit southaustralia.com. You're listening to Crunch Time thanks to Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. A couple of big games of footy ahead of us this afternoon. The Gold Coast Suns up against the Fremantle Dockers who are flying at the moment at 7-1. and one. And then, of course, GWS hosting Carlton at Giant Stadium for what will be Leon Cameron's 193rd and final game as coach Mark McVeigh to take over for the rest of the season. We'll chat about that a little bit later in the show. But right now we've got another guest on Sunday Crunch Time, Tate Kaisler from the Gold Coast Suns. Tate, welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good afternoon, Nat. How are you going? We're going very, very well indeed. Uh, The Suns last week getting the job done over the Sydney Swans, a great win. Just talk to me about what that's done for the group and then heading into this game against Fremantle, another game to really test and challenge your your group. Yeah, look, we were really happy with the, uh, I suppose, the input from the group last week. Um, You know, we've got a reasonably good record up there, so we were we were pretty confident going into the game that if we, we stuck to our game plan and, and we knew it was going to be a real contested game and it could come down to sort of the last five minutes, it's what sort of happens against Sydney in those games. So, we, we, you know, we've got a lot of belief in this group and we feel that we've been around the mark. Probably, you know, every now and then just the results haven't gone our way, but we feel as a whole we've really improved our, our game style. Um, we're playing a really competitive brand that's that's giving us the opportunity every week to be in the contest. I mean, that change in game style, do you feel like things are really starting to, to come together and things are just clicking into place now? Yeah, I think what we're starting to see is that little bit uh, better connection between each line. So um, in terms of, you know, the way we move the ball now, um, we think we've got a few different avenues to be able to score. Um, defensively, we've changed our system a little bit this year to... Um, you know, try and keep the ball in our half as much as possible. And I think that's going to be really telling today as, as Fremantle are the number one team for time in forward half and we're number two at the moment. So um, I think it's going to be the game, you know, around who, who's able to set up the ground the best and um, keep the ball in their half and obviously take opportunities when they arrive. Piglet, Josh Jenkins here, mate. What's, uh, what's the... What's, My old mate, Joshy. What's the, uh, first, what's the weather like up there? It's been raining... All over the place. Are you expecting, expecting uh, <laughs> wet conditions, or is it all right up there? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty wet all week. Um, at the moment, there's no rain. Um, there's a couple of showers every now and then, just a light drizzle. Um, the, the ground we haven't been on for probably a week and a half, so it's um, it, it's looking quite good at the moment. Obviously, with the ground up here, occasionally it tears up a little bit once the game starts. But yeah, at this point in time, it's a little bit gloomy over top, but um, no showers at this stage. But um, predicted that there will be some little bits and pieces throughout the throughout the game. Well, your makeshift, uh, I guess you're, you're thrown together key forward combo who have actually played really well. Maybe Orchol and Levi Casbolt. They've kicked 33 goals between them. They'll be happy that the weather's holding out. But what they have done this year is both provide a really good contest and both play really good footy. Yeah, they have, JJ. And I think that's the stuff internally that we've been, you know, super impressed with. Um, you know, at, at times it doesn't get recognition with the amount of contests that they just bring to ground and 
you know, they're not obviously getting marks for it or anything like that. But um, internally, these boys are getting rewarded every week and getting the feedback of, of what they're bringing to our group. And unlike some people, JJ, that I've had before, they put a little bit of defensive pressure on, which is quite nice as well. Yeah. He doesn't even put any defensive pressure on in this commentary box, don't worry. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, so tell us a great story last week. I, I just thought the, the return of Rory Thompson, yeah. I know Rory well, but great to see him back. He's had two and a half years of... Really no luck at all. So it was great to see him back in the side. He's a very important player. Is then um, like you know the the amount of uplift that aboard our group um, during the week when he when he found out when Dewey told him he didn't actually know himself when when Dewey told him that he was going to be in. But um, look, I think he gave, gives us that extra stability. But what it also allows is is Ballard to sort of play as that mm. third tall, and we know you know with his strengths of his in, intercept marking, we feel that that's going to really add value to his game. So, yeah, look, Rory really um, stabilises in the back half and gives Collins, obviously, a little chop out as well. So we can't be more happier that Rory's up and going and, and back to his best football. Now, tell us about these blue socks that the Suns are going to be donning today. Yeah, so the boys um, are wearing the blue socks um, and that's to um, support and um, make aware domestic and family violence. So it's something that we've done as a club um, for a couple of years now. It's something that we're really... Um, proud to be a part of and even little opportunities that the guys get during the week to make flat packs up for these houses and, and stuff like that just to make living a little bit more comfortable for those people. So, yeah, it's something that the club's really proud that we're a part of and as you'll see, the boys out there today in the in the blue Rise Up socks. Ah, oh, they look fabulous. Tate, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time and best of luck uh, against the Fremantle Dockers this afternoon. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Tate Hazler there, assistant coach with the Gold Coast Suns. I actually really like the blue jumper that the Suns wore Yes, last tonight week. they should be good. wearing it with these blue socks. Now, now Tate, Tate's not a person that will be well known in the football circles, but he was the sort of the, the forward um, coach's offsider when Mark Bickley was forward coach. Very Worked very, very closely with Charlie Cameron, probably the most influential coach that Charlie would have wow. had when he was coming through the ranks. Very good on the... the uh, the specific skills of the game. So I know he's been a pretty valuable um, uh, addition to the Suns up north. Why is he called the Piglet? Yeah, that's what I want to know. That's I don't know. the real Why, question. Well, he sort of looks like a little <laughs> pink, pink little piglet. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez, unfortunate nicknames. Oh let's, let, that's, let's, a, that's an un, very yeah. unfortunate nickname. We could do a whole segment, uh, I reckon. He's, a, he's got a poor body shape, but he's a very good runner. He used to, he used to knock me off in the poor body shape. Knock me off in the endurance all the time. body shaming him. We've just had a, a guest on the show, and now you're body shaming him. He'll never come back on he Sunday crunch time. He's focused on the game. <laughs> hey, uh, there is another game of footy that's going to be a big one this afternoon outside of Gold Coast and Fremantle, and that is at Giants Stadium. The mm. Giants up against Carlton. It could be a danger game, really, for Carlton, who's missing Harry Mackay, but it is Leon Cameron's final game as coach. I don't think we can underestimate, even though the Giants have been going very, very poorly at the moment, what this might do for that group pickers. I'll tell you what, it, you know, it'll do. It'll give them a, they'll get a spike, I, I would mm. imagine. But, I mean, it's an, it's an indictment on the way they've been playing if it yep. takes something like this to give you a spike. I mean... Well, we saw it with the Pies last year and, well, and Buckley's that, final game. They came out and beat Melbourne, didn't they? Yes, yep, they, they did. did. In Sydney, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I expect them to show something. But, you know, if Carlton are playing anywhere near at their best, they'll win. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I expect Carlton like, – I was just talking about the Mar- – like, Carlton the, the Mar- Carlton have just drifted all week. Yeah, but it's, it's all that emotion. Everyone, yeah. We're, I, I, we're everyone picking on emotion. On but I'm with you. I, I tipped into it. I've picked the Giants. Mm. 
But no, I'm sticking really, with Fat only, Ol. And I, well, the only reason I picked them was because of Mackay. If Mackay was playing, I would have picked yeah. him for sure. But it, so if Leon Cameron was coaching next week, would you still have picked no, the Giants? No, yeah, I would have with, without Mackay, yeah. yeah. Really? Right. You yeah. think he's going to make that much yeah, of I do. a difference? Yeah. I just think the midfield, I mean, you look at the Giants' midfield is just. I mean, apart from two weeks ago when they beat Adelaide, they actually came to the fore and, and fired up and they Hogs were, and Whitfield stepped up and had an impact on the scoreboard as well. But week, they man. were terrible last week. Oh, and shocking. I, I like, can't look past that. Beast to the honeypot, all at the contest, no spread, and just banging the ball out of contest and yeah. kicking it straight to, defend, to Geelong's defenders, basically. Yeah. If they play like that, they won't beat Carlton in a million years. Jesse Hogan's out he with is, the illness. Unfortunately. He was He was good against uh, Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Young's a a pretty sizable out mm. for the Blues. He's been playing good footy alongside Wettering. Gee, they've got <laughs> Jack Martin also out, yep, who's been injury. just you know, going all right of late. But George Hewitt comes back in to yeah, bolster the a, midfield. Jesse Motlop gets an opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited they're, about that. I think they're a very they're a they're a selfless midfield Carlton as opposed to, to Giants. To me, uh, we talk about stat pigs. Yeah. Yep. They get a lot of the ball. They're very well balanced, Carlton's midfield. They're all well, they've got good the at right, different things. Well, they've got the right thing there. They've got the class in yep. Walsh and Cripps. Like, yep. That's class. Yep. Yep. And then you've got the workman like Hewitt. Hewitt. Chera. And you've got Chera, who's a bit better than just workman. He's got a bit of everything, doesn't he? So he's got that. They've finally got their midfield balance. Yeah. Right, and what? And then what that allows is O'Brien can just be a role player, an outside winger role player. Fisher can be a bit of a cream guy, not. You're not expecting them to do more than probably they're I've, capable Matt of. Matt Kennedy's had a terrific season, Very good rewarded season. with an, a contract extension yeah, during a, the week. What did he get, a three or four-year extension? I think it's three what? years. Three-year <laughs> extension during was, the week. Well, he had a game last year. <laughs> yeah. But he has played really good footy. Oh, absolutely. He's really great. good footy. No, I think they're, they're always going to get there. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're always going to. When they've got the bookends like Carlton have got. And and they get, when they pit net comes back and these sort of guys are playing, um, they, yeah, they need Pitnet back. Now, it's a, a lot will fall on the shoulders of Charlie Kurnow, but that, the, the Giants don't have a great matchup for him. Taylor's a big guy who prefers to play on, you know, Hawkins, yeah. those big yep. guys. Keith won't be agile enough for him you either. Think, no. So if they can get him in some isolation, you know, sort of 30 to 50 from goal in a bit of space, he will trouble uh, anyone that the Giants have got. Nick Haynes is. From an athletic perspective, he's the best one to play on him, but he wants to be the drop-off guy. Yeah, he's, he wants he's, to, he's Tom Stewart. He wants to win. But hasn't it been in nah, great not, form nah, either? Nah. The All Australian oh, form, that, you pick. know. Yeah, now they've got a few that are out of out of form. Now that the, well, the senior Giants really need to I stand still, up. I do feel still. I mean, <laughs> they're wearing or nothing down there in the tall man department. Yeah. I, hopefully, Marchbank will be back. I think he's only a week or two away from playing did, senior footy. Did Plowman come back into He did, yeah, but he's in. a bit under. So I've liked what Young's done. I yeah, reckon Young's he's been, been good. Right. What I'm saying is, though, if... Yeah, the, Out the, today. the, the key players we Yeah, I when probably it, won't he, hurt He holds the whole back line together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I reckon when Marchbank comes back, Weedering, Marchbank, Young... Yeah. Maybe Plowman, Young Plowman. Yep. I think Marchbank will be in their best team. Um, and then I, I start looking at their team going, and Pitnet's back on the ruck. It'll mm. give you a contest. Mm. Mm. It's, it's going to be an intriguing clash. they got something pretty nice going on. Oh, yeah, I agree. I really like them. Really like them. Yeah, me too. It's going to be an intriguing clash. You like them a bit too afternoon. much, JJ. <laughs> I mean, you, you've been really going. You're really on. I know. I am really. Up and about I am, you know you do work for Geelong. I'm right on. I don't like them that much. <laughs> well, I, I'm dropping off Collingwood and going to Carlton because I really like Collingwood and they've uh, just hit the skids. I think have teams found out how they play that chaos kind of footy. Yeah, they're just playing the chaos out. in a different – by hand, which invites the pressure. Oh, there was some great vision that showed this morning. I reckon it was Brownie might have shown it on the footy show, the Sunday footy show, about the first six stoppages of the match the other night. 
The setup's mm. horrible yeah. in the middle of the ground. Like, yeah. just no sweeper. Yeah. Like, yeah. just horrible. Basic stuff, Getting yeah. beaten the same way six times in a row yeah. at the start of the match. Yeah. Boy, that's something that's fly will go, but Craig McCray will go, hang on. Yeah. If it's that noticeable, the brownie's picking it up, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> brownie's picking it up on, on television. <laughs> then it is really noticeable. Yeah, no, agree. <laughs> and he's a great mate, brownie. But, <laughs> like, but that's, that's serious. I mean, that's... That is, you're getting beaten by what you should know, really. Yes, yeah. That's yeah, killing you. Yeah. yeah. Well, the we have that. a big Sunday afternoon of footy coming up. The Suns up against the Dockers, the Giants, and Carlton West Coast and Melbourne to finish off round nine. It's been great to have your company on Sunday. Crunch time, JJ and Pickers. Thank you so much good for joining us. All good. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Stay with us here. Plenty more footy action to come. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.